0: responder or a patriot looking for a place to put your skill set, your thoughts, and or want to help continue the mission, you have come to the right place. We are the People's Patriot Project, and we want to be the shock and awe when it comes to meeting the needs of our veterans and first responders. We are dealing with a new enemy in today's world where the wounds are not always seen. We want you to be part of this mission in saving lives and making a difference. Welcome to the Time. we got your success fixed. Six. Now here's your host, Shad Turner of Veterans Unite Podcast and the People's Patriot Project. And as always, Patriot Pride.
1: back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of We Got Your 6 at 6. I'm Shad Turner with the Veterans Unite podcast. And as always, we've got Mark Peterson and Andrea Eichmann from the uh, People's Patriot Project. And tonight, as always, we've got a great show for you. We've got Dr. Byron Davis from Dogs of War Outdoors. And uh, I can't wait to get into today's show and let you guys see what he's got going on. But first... We do what we do every every show. We got to start off our uh, our episode with the Pledge of Allegiance. So if you can stand, please stand. Take off your hats and let's do the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States, United of, America States of America and, and to, the to the
2: republic for which it stands, which it stands. One, one, nation, one nation, under, under God, God, indivisible, indivisible.
1: With liberty liberty and justice justice for all. All right. There we go, boys and girls. Guys, what's going on? What's going on? I don't know about y'all, but I have had a grueling week this week. And um, I I told y'all about it before the show, and we're just going to leave it at that. But um, as a result of such a grueling week, I also have an, a, a confession to make to you guys and, a, and an apology at the same time. Because I've been just slaving away like a dog basically all week, I've had zero time to process any shows lately. So I want to apologize to the People's Patriot Project, to all you fellow faithful listeners out there that like to listen to this on a podcast because. I have just been grinding away and have not had time to do what I need to do on the background to get the show out into the podcast realm. So, sorry about that, guys. I am going to be doing better going into next week because I'm telling myself I'm going to be doing better going into next week. <laughs> so, there you go. Here. I'm telling you, it's, it's all mindset, man. It's all mindset. And Mark muted himself.
2: Oh, you're muted, Petey.
1: It, Three,
3: two. I, one. I don't know. You,
1: I, we're not. I know I'm muted. I am doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like we see his mouth moving, so it's like is he talking to us. What, what's going on here? But talking um, again. So, Andrew, how have you been?
2: Uh you know what? It, it's thank you so much for that, Shad. I. So I am seriously, like when I check in with you, concern is first, but I knew you mm-hmm. were busy. And so um, I just can't even imagine you're when you say uh, working like a dog. I yes. have a couple dogs and <laughs> they
1: don't they, work they're they not first.
2: working very hard. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, let's go this uh, way. way. Eating food. Fart. Okay, so my wife and her family are not of this country. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they have a different mindset when it comes to words that they'll use that here are not politically correct. So they say I work like something else, but we won't say that on the show. And I look at them and I'm like, all right, look, yes, I am busting my ass. Sorry, Josh. I am busting my ass trying to get this job done. But There's a difference between the people that do it because they have no other choice and the people that do it because that's how they want to stay physically active, mentally sharp, and being able to be more capable. Because once I get into the routine of sitting behind a desk and not doing anything all day long except for this on a keyboard, that's my downfall. And I don't want that. I mean, yeah, it, I'm, I'm sore. My hands hurt from gripping, grabbing, ripping everything. Um, but you know what? It feels good. And this actually brings up a very interesting point. And uh, my wife, do y'all remember Paul Harvey? Yep. Okay. So Paul Harvey had this one show that he did. I don't know when he did it. But he was talking about how our society has been progressing and how societies throughout history have progressed where we get big, we get strong and then we start having the downfall because people start getting lazy and comfortable and then they expect the governments to start doing more. But as the governments do more, they tax you more. And as they tax you more, they take everything you've got more and then you're screwed. And then it's a downfall of a government or a society and then everything has to rebuild again, but we are not learning our lessons. it it happens over and over throughout history. And I don't understand why we can't get this right, but unfortunately part of it also has to do with greed of man, but that's another subject altogether. There was, he, he, in this episode that he was talking about, he was saying how the greatness of, of our society of the United States of America was because people understood if they have an opportunity they have a chance, but at some point we got to where we didn't want opportunity anymore. We wanted security and safety, but the only way to get security and safety is if someone's giving it to you. And I'm sorry, I would rather have opportunity any day of the week and make my own security. So just saying outside of that, I'm done. What y'all got?
2: (laughs) Wow. That was like philosophy. 210 with there Shag you go Turner. yes love it
1: and if any of younger no. people don't know who paul harvey is one <sighs> but two um go go look him up listen to his stuff man because he got i miss his shows
2: right right keep look thinking
1: mark's ready to talk to us and he's like
2: i don't know if he's talking to us or not
1: he's um, not
3: that was the most brilliant thing i've ever said right there
2: (laughs) i bet it was i can only imagine the brilliancy
3: um the saddest part of all this is he i'm with you shad the probably one of the most prolific and iconic speakers poet poet, um life poet in in all of life and i just i agree with you i i miss paul harvey I miss his principles, and I know we're, even, even this conversation is kind of hinging a little bit on what's going on in the world and the conversations we avoid at all costs, uh, but uh, I'm going to let you know uh, we're in the works of starting something new. Um, I'm going to be a moderator of a national effort um, of a roundtable. And I, we haven't necessarily, because everyone has a roundtable, and so we're trying to get away from that verbiage a little bit. Um, we've had many conversations. There's about 18 people involved in it from all over the country, all walks of life, and you know what? We just need to have the real conversations, and uh, and that's not the platform for this show, but we gotta have the real uh, conversations, and we're gonna go ahead and tackle some of those conversations. So. Um, again, because of what I think our position is and what we represent, we just definitely will not step on some of those subject matters. Uh, just because I know we have veterans and first responders on both sides of the aisle, and we know that uh, that's 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 here nor there, and we're here to take care of everyone. It looked like one of the uh, first brigade boys was trying to come on.
1: Is that who that's kept popping that. in and out? little stevie p. oh wait yeah we got that down there but i oh. i see nobody
3: look at stevie p you, you think he's down at fort riley and he's just gonna come and, and visit us
2: why are you playing like that is he I there
3: i don't know maybe he's gonna come on camera down- oh my goodness stevie, stevie, one of the first brigade boys <laughs> look at and that now, so awesome yeah. Okay. Go away now. Dad's going to Dad, get all weepy, <laughs> I'm not be able to control myself during the show. So, yeah, Stevens here uh, for 24 days up from Fort Riley. Oh damn! He's, not, uh, he's he's giving up the fisting for for 24 days. So
1: wait, he's giving up the what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's I thought show. I heard something. Yeah. Yeah. A
3: <laughs> server, which is called a fister, and. Uh, I, <laughs> hold this, hold up. <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> so awesome! So thank you. Yeah, no, that's it's. You know what? the The army would never take anything too far, would they? And the fact that they call the their forward observers fisters, and the fact that their their emblem is actually a fist on mm. the the shoulder patch
1: doesn't doesn't uh,
2: <laughs> look at Chad. <laughs> Do you have some coffee or something?
1: <laughs> ah, I'm good. I'm
4: good.
2: Wow, this just became a different show. Byron, are you um, ready for this? This is a.
4: Oh, you are my kind of people. We're good.
3: Sweet, sweet. <laughs> so, uh, we'll a introduction here, and uh, we were given Byron. Now, sadly, I mean, it's great because we get to listen to everything Byron has to say, but um, or we shall say, Dr. Davis. Um, but, uh, unfortunately we had a last second dropout and again, we don't, we get people get busy and, uh, aren't able always to to accommodate. This is a crazy time of year. I can only imagine what we're going to see in the next couple of weeks. And, and we know our musicians who come on faithfully, gratefully, and, um, we know they're busy. And so, uh, we, we don't fault them for it. We do like, uh, giving, and offering uh, some of the music tastes and flavors. We will be playing some of the music from uh, our uh, give Tuesday night. Um, and uh, just because, and I don't know why i need to have a disclaimer, but just because we uh, play who we d- play tonight doesn't mean we don't appreciate everyone that showed up and uh, we love all of them. And uh, what an amazing job and effort they did in our part or for us. Um, and so, Uh, But a little, I won't be able to do a great intro. Um, Andrea would, wait, we got to back up. I'm sorry. What? I was way ahead. Are you going to tell us our newsworthy pieces?
2: Oh, you want to know? Okay, so I did some studying again this week on what we have coming up. And uh, uh, this whole two screen business, this is something. If your mouse would just work with you. Um, December 15th, you guys, we have Bill of Rights Day. Um, The conventions of a number of the states having at the time of their adopting the Constitution expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers, that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added. And as beneficent ends of its institution, wait, and as of extending the ground of public confidence in the government. Uh, These are words that, I'm sorry, they're a little hard to say. Okay, and as extending the ground of public confidence in the government will best ensure the beneficent ends of its institution. Um, Thank you for the Bill of Rights. Today we celebrate the addition of the Bill of Rights. Not today, the 15th. Um, December 19th. And we have a friend who's very involved in um, wreaths across America. She's out at Arlington putting up wreaths right now everywhere. Um, PD, I was going to have you get a picture of, of uh, um, her son's truck that always delivers, but Wreaths um, Across America, every December on National Wreaths Across America Day, our mission to remember, honor, and teach is carried out by coordinating wreath-laying coordinating ceremonies at Arlington National Ceremony Cemetery, as well as at more than 2,100 additional locations mm-hmm in all 50 US states at sea and abroad. So Jill, if you're out there listening, shoot, I love that Ben's truck delivers those wreaths to Arlington. Um, it, what a great story. Um, that was all, that was it for today That or for this week that I, that I came up with.
3: We did have a little Saturday event. Um, I do want to just kind of do a quick shout out for, uh, uh, we had, the classic every year army navy game <laughs> and i don't think any of us should can be upset with the outcome of of this game is that am i correct no so, i, got my vote. <laughs> I is, saw
2: your post so i feel like the answer you're looking for is yeah it's okay whoever wins wins <laughs> well
3: you know, the, the Army took a defeat, but you know what? It is, It is, and I will say, and again, we're pulling the line here a little bit, but uh, it is definitely a game where no one is going to take a nil for the flag and everyone is there for the same purpose and cause. And the great pieces, everyone on that field is willing to die for all of ours. And Chad's got something.
1: Yes, okay. Um, I'm sorry, I was... Busy all day Saturday. Who? What was the score? I totally missed out. And nope. And normally, I see like twenty million posts across Facebook from all the different veteran groups about, yeah, go Army or oh yeah, Navy. You know, I did not see a single post. So what? What was the final outcome?
3: You didn't see. Well, Army won. That's all you need to really worry about. I think it was fifteen to nothing.
1: It was fifteen. Fifteen. They're killing me, man. They're killing me.
3: You know. Coming from the world of football myself, I'm amazed that these guys can put together a program. And the fact that you got to realize all those guys still have to make their qualifications for their their person, their height, their weight, and uh, their PT scores. Granted, they're athletes, but uh, so what that does is that throws out your 300 pound lineman because a 300 pounder is not going to make it into the into the service just it is part of what it is and uh unless i think you have to be like seven seven eleven and a half to to be able to weigh 300 pounds i don't know i'm making that up but uh so it's always impressed me that those guys can always compete at the highest level and knowing that they they go against teams that uh that don't have to follow the same rules as they do and they don't Bitch, they don't complain. They get out there. They do their thing. They fight for. Her. I got my thumbs. Uh, they fight for. Put it in the comments, Josh. Jeez, Louise. Um, <laughs> we got to see your thumb comments. Um, and we got Stephen Kate online with us. Thanks, brother. Good, faithful uh, friend, and and, I, <laughs> and and Josh is busy giving me his thumbs. I love. So, um, yeah. So Army Navy game. And I apologize because I got probably got Dr. Davis all excited. And then I said, Oh, let's take a step back and uh do something de- different. Uh Andrew, you got a, a, a brief intro that uh we can get for Mr. Davis?
2: For Mr. Davis? Well, I just want to say, and this is I mentioned this on Friday too. How I um so Byron Davis came across my feed, friends of friends, or something. I don't know. I sent out a bunch of creepy reach out. We don't know each other, but we are friends on Facebook invites. Um, but you know what? We have darn near the same mission and the same hopes and the same dreams for the future. Um, and we just have different ways to go about going about it. And so I sent this letter. He was like, bam, Johnny on the spot or Byron on the spot. Um, and so just quick conversations about um. Uh, His background and what he's got going on and where he hopes to go. So,
4: yeah, Dr.
2: Byron Davis, Dogs of War Outdoors.
4: Well, I am. uh, Can you guys hear me Okay. We can. Um, I am a Marine Corps veteran. So I was uh, a little disappointed about the Navy Army game.
3: So that's the one time you guys ever claim uh, being in the Navy. They, I know you guys fight
4: that all you can, but we we support our, we support our Uber drivers. We we um we definitely. And uh, as an Uber driver,
1: I appreciate our security details. <laughs> so
4: they are off the coast. Uh, they, they will they will rock you if you try to get close to us. So that's I've seen what a Navy ship is capable of. Uh, definitely not something I'd want to mess with if I was another country. But nonetheless, um, I'm a Marine Corps veteran. Served from 2008, 2012. And uh, got out of the military. I started working on, of course, uh, my degrees whenever I was in the military. And uh, got my bachelor's degree, um, master's degree in 2015. Got into law enforcement in 2013. I'm a current law enforcement officer in Middle Tennessee. And uh, recently graduated with my doctoral degree. We um, started... Dogs of War outdoors in uh, 2016, but the idea came to me in 2013. I was in Afghanistan. I was working for Academy, which is uh, formerly known as Blackwater, uh, but I was working for them as a security contractor. And I saw a lot of the guys over there really humbles you whenever you're around guys that have um, they they've struggled in the past. They continue to struggle, and that's all they really know. And I uh, really uh, began seeing some of the ways that they were affected in terms of uh, ptsd and i wanted to try to find ways to alleviate those struggles and uh, the outdoors has always been my medicine Um, and uh, we shortly after getting back from afghanistan we came up with the idea in 2016 put it to paper put pen to paper and we started dogs War outdoors 2016 and um, started taking vets and first responders on hunts and it evolved into a nonprofit 2018, and here we are today.
2: That is awesome. I hear more and more and more about, um, well, so when we think about our our ultimate goal, you know, is that resort area, and we just really feel like sometimes you might want to go hunting, you might want to go fishing, you might want to chop wood, you might want to go for a run, but that outdoor activity is so important.
4: Well, one thing that I'm sorry. No, you're good. Okay. One thing that uh, really um, we talked about it briefly earlier, um, but uh, the we really we have a one of the main reasons why I went to get my doctorate degree is because uh, one I'm a military veteran, I struggle myself, and I'm also a law enforcement officer, which in and of itself is a the PTSD is very similar, but it's going to um, as far as symptom symptom wise, it's very similar, but you have more of a cumulative aspect, which is. You know, when you're in the military, you deploy, you come home, uh, the silent battle begins at that point, Um, unless you continue to deploy, unless it's a career service. Um, With law enforcement first responders, it's cumulative in nature. It it takes place almost every single day, every single week, month, over the course of years, sometimes decades. And um, we really have a we people don't realize like how misunderstood PTSD is and how little we understand it as a country as as humanity as a species we really don't understand it we really began studying ptsd of course it's been around since the civil war and uh there's actually mention of uh specific aspects of ptsd something similar to that in the bible so it's been around for a long time but we really never started studying that until the 1980s whenever the vietnam vets really started struggling and up until this point uh, it, it, it appeared that a lot of your doctors uh, in the early 2000s, late 90s, began just pushing opiates. And that's one thing that I'd always feared. I'd always stayed away with it. I, was, I stayed away from it. It affected friends and my family. Um, very close family of mine. Lost my father to opioid addiction. Uh, so it's definitely personal to me. It's I'm passionate about it. And one thing that I wanted to explore was any type of treatment outside of the contemporary means that the VA is using, because unfortunately for veterans, we struggle with we struggle with uh, trust, fear, skepticism, and so a lot of times these guys that are treating you, they have no experience themselves with combat, so that trust barrier is there. We we put up walls as veterans, and we wanted to explore contemporary or the you know means of treating these veterans outside of the contemporary means, which is what. Your, your Department of Veteran Affairs attempts to do, and it unfortunately doesn't work because we continue to see the 17 to 22 veterans per day that commit suicide, and it's no different in the first responder community, which is even more behind in terms of research. Uh, and, you know, veteran, or I'm sorry, first responders take their lives uh, more than were killed in the line of duty um, in terms of law enforcement, firefighters, EMTs, and even dispatch, you know, you have to take them Consideration dispatch, which is quite literally first responders on the phone. And until you've heard someone either harmed or even you know murdered on a phone line, and you are helpless, it can have a lot of effect on you. I love how you
3: speak, brother. Um, you're right, and you know that number is 17 to 75 in my world. And so that's uh, I love that you acknowledge. And uh, one of the things that we've always me and Andrea have started to talk about is we need to make sure that we're highlighting how many of our veterans are or have served as a first responder, whether it's a Leo, paramedic, firefighter, um, corrections dispatch. I mean, all those are, they're all frontline workers and uh, it's, it's important to, you're right. uh, That's an accumulate, I won't even say the word right, accumulative um, exposure to trauma. And, I, and this is where I get in a little bit of trouble because me and Andrea are both school teachers and uh, we hear the discussion of trauma all the time. And it's it hurts my heart a little bit. And I'm not saying that our students and the, the peoples of our communities aren't dealing or suffering from from a level of trauma. It's not the same, it's not the same. And um, that's the piece that I want to, to make sure that we're getting out there and that we are making sure everyone hears and knows about, and that uh, we literally get to lay our heads down on, I call it the pillow of liberty and freedom, because uh, you get to lay down, for the most part, pretty comfortably, not worrying about someone kicking in your back door, and uh, that our first responders are there, and our veterans have been there for us as well. And so, um, no, I thank you so much for how you speak and how you approach it, and um, it's... It needs to be heard. I'm excited because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking. We got another one coming in the room. Um, Mr. Scotty Sexton from the Forgotten 22 of Kansas. And we've got Tennessee, Kentucky, Minnesota, and Texas. And Tennessee, Kentucky, and Kansas. And how awesome is this going to be when we get all these puzzle pieces put together and working together and making sure that we have an open door, and open opportunity to make sure that we are serving veterans from all over the country. If I can call, someone reaches out to the People's Pager Project, and I'm like, you know, I'm not in Tennessee right now, but have you talked to Dr. Davis? Probably won't say Dr. Davis, because that may sound a little intimidating, but, um, you know, we'll definitely. And then, you know, maybe you're close enough to Kentucky where you can say, you know, I don't have a place for you to stay. But we do know Fab Rush, which is right up the road from us, and we can get someone put in there or, you know, and vice versa. And so that is why we built We Got Your 6 and 6, is that we're making sure we are covering our planet, our planet of America, and that uh, we are going to create that beacon of hope for everybody. So, um, I just feel like throwing a, a, a good song on you I got one ready to go. Um, this is coming from a veteran um, who, um, it, he's such an amazing artist. <laughs> craft. I just want you to realize, this guy is playing on a homemade guitar with a homemade drum set, <laughs> telling you to roll on. And there's a message in there. He wants you to figure it out, see the light, and uh, that's what we're talking about here. This is Dom Kurz with Roll On. so awesome so two weeks ago we uh we put on a thank you for everyone that's donated the people's patriot project and we it was our giving tuesday event and we had nine artists on for the night and uh dom was one of them he's been on a couple times i think it was night third time he's been on with us which he's just always been so gracious he uh i did reach out to him after that and i said dom i really want that to be our startup song for the the show and can is there a way we can get the just the instrumental out of the, and get your amazing voice? I know that's got to be kind of a humbling conversation. I guess now I think about it, but uh, but uh, he's like, yeah, you got it, brother. We're gonna put that out there and we'll get it for you. And so uh, we are gonna be throwing that on the front end of our uh, our, our pod broad vlog cast, um, and so amazing, amazing gift and amazing people that come and support us. And we always say, thank you. I don't think saying thank you is enough. And so hopefully someday we get to give back to these guys that have given us so much. So Dr. Davis, tell me specifically about your mission, what you're getting done, what you got going on, what's in the future. How can we help you? All these. I have one more question
4: to add to that. Okay, I probably missed this, but where exactly are you at? Middle Tennessee. I'm about 20 minutes south of Nashville. Okay, gotcha. So what we want to accomplish is, like I said earlier, we want to take – we want to go outside of the contemporary means of treatment. Uh, It it just doesn't work on veterans and first responders. And one of the primary reasons why those contemporary methods do not work is – because we don't trust it it's very difficult for us to trust you have law enforcement out here we're we're being shredded in the media so it's difficult for us to trust anyone it's it's even difficult for us to have conversations with people on, on the street because we think that you know possibly they may be out to get us or whatever the case or someone may be trying to hurt us then you got veterans on the other hand which is taught since day one uh that one of the primary rules of combat is, is trust no one you know and You only have those that you're surrounded by in a hostile environment that's going to be there for you to get your back. So we wanted to implement forms of treatment uh, that would assist veterans with uh, camaraderie, comfort, and adrenaline. And that's kind of our theory. It's the theory that we've developed as an organization. There are three things that veterans and first responders need to stay alive to not end their life first one's camaraderie it's something that we miss whenever we get out of the military um, or whenever we get out of law enforcement uh, we have those guys that we're surrounded by that are like-minded that things like you. then you have comfort um, whenever we're around those types of guys remember we're around other vets whenever we're around other law enforcement officers other first responders we know we are safe uh you've got my back i've got your back we're constantly aware of our surroundings nothing's going to happen that's going to hurt us or, or hurt you without us getting involved and then finally you've got adrenaline adrenaline is not required all the time it it's a very minimal part of what we need whenever we're in combat I, there was a study that was conducted several years ago of uh i can't remember if it was marine or or army combat units but they took an entire deployment and with an acceleration on average, how long these combat units, these infantry units actually saw combat. And it was mm-hmm. a rather long, several months mm-hmm. of deployment, and their total combat time was only like seven minutes. So that's a seven-minute rush. Now, you, you're going to have some units that are going to see combat a lot more in comparison to other units, whatever the case. But we don't need much adrenaline to – uh, satisfies, but we need just a little bit, and that's what the hunt, or the fish, the fishing trip, whatever the case. That's what that provides is that adrenaline. But then you also have someone mentioned earlier about, um, you know, therapy with uh, the, the equestrian side. You know, going on rides, horses, hike, whatever, Anything that we can do in the outdoors that that gets you out into Mother Nature, which is which provides the perfect medicine for everything. It's just relaxation. Um, anything that we can do in terms of that, our minds are always open. We're constantly looking to evolve. And um, one of the primary goals of ours is probably the exact same goal that you guys maintain is to unite the fight. And there's actually another nonprofit. It's called Battle 22 that I follow on Facebook. Uh, the guy that is over that, his, his on Facebook. is Chad Battle. And that's one of his main – I think that's his, his slogan is unite the fight so that's our goal is to get all of these organizations together to work as a team and if one thing doesn't work i guarantee you we'll find something that does
3: i love it um you know we talking with some of our marketing people and and the people that come in and they they always know so much and i and i'm not I, i'm kind of underhanded saying that and um i don't know that marketing people trained in marketing understand the plight of veterans and first responders as a whole. And um, it was brought to me, they're like, well, why would you get into this business with a saturated field? There's 2.5 million nonprofits across the country. And I'm like, "Um, well, 17 to 75 a day tells me we're not too saturated. (laughs) We're not doing something right. And so um, no, that's, uh, and with that, we really struggled with a, with a mission statement because you know what we want to honor, we want to empower and we want to uh, serve or provide resources for veterans and first responders. Well, that's the exact same mission statement, all 2.5 million nonprofits have. And so that doesn't really, and I just recently and you, you touched on it and I just use it if you need to. And I say, we get together and I, I like unite the fight, uh, phrase, uh, but we literally need to be the shock and awe in combating the silent and deadly enemies of our veterans and first responders. We can't, we can't, Josh, get ready. Uh, we got to stop pussyfooting around with this stuff. And um, it, you're right. We have to, the camaraderie is we need to build relationships with everyone that we're in contact with. It's essential to have that relationship. And that, you know what, that's a tough place to be because I'll be honest with you, I'm dealing with one right now that, uh, we built a relationship with and we're kind of getting burned by it right now and it, it sucks. And I guess that's what being part of a relationship is all about. And we've all been in those sucky relationships and I'm not saying this one sucks. I'm just saying it's, it's not getting served on both sides and, uh, we'll figure that piece out. Um, it's important that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, and like Brian's got a little something he wants to throw out there. Go ahead, Brian.
5: Working together. Uh, I got a hit up yesterday or day before, and Andrea. Boom! Right there. Send it right up to her because this guy's up in Michigan. Okay. Working together is the only way we're going to win this war. That's it. Okay, it's just that. I am so sick and tired of people saying, "Well, uh, ooh, uh. no, Doctor Davis, great. I'm going to hook you up with Jeremy Wallace. He does that in Kentucky. Awesome. The hunting and the fishing, so you guys can pull resources. Right? This is it. As I said before, our our goal, our plan is a little bit different." you're going to find veterans that are going to need us they're going to need that one year of stable you know that safe secure place to get their minds right again that's our piece of the pie your piece of the pie is taking them hunting and fishing and the adrenaline stuff i'll be honest with you i'm done with the adrenaline (laughs) i've had enough i'm good But yes, working together is the only way we're going to win this and only working together. Uh, Yes, I am coming to you live from Forward Operating Base Rush tonight. I'm going to be up here for the next week. Uh, Got a lot to do and uh, can't have any volunteers on the property because we don't have enough insurance. Now, what
1: if those volunteers didn't give her rat's ass and they said, "Hey, we're we're veterans. We can go to the VA if we get hurt."
5: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I think my attorney would have a. Liability <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was trying to throw out an option.
5: Is there a waiver liability that could be, sent, Brian? I have look any waiver anybody signs right. Is just about as good as the toilet paper you use. Well, I get that. I get that. Any, any decent attorney, especially these guys that chase ambulances, they love tearing those to shreds.
3: Yeah, the world we live in. God.
5: Yeah, it's the world we live in. Yeah, hey, uh, question for you, Doc
0: Davis. Now that you got your doctorate. Are you planning on um, practicing full time or so and you're getting away from law enforcement or are you trying to be like the psychologist for a department or something like that?
4: Well, I think uh, I think one of the other one of the primary reasons why I want the reason why I went to get a side versus a Ph.D. is because a side is more hands on. And I currently work in a narcotics unit. And one of the things that I do on a daily basis is I read the absolute shit out of body language. And if I stop you, <laughs> if you have something on you, thumbs down, I got my first one. Uh, <laughs> if, if, I, if, if I stop you on a traffic stop or if I'm interacting with you, I'm um, I'm constantly I'm constantly reading you. And I'm it's not just that in my job, it's like that everywhere I go. I'm always reading people, but one of the primary aspects that I want to really target in law enforcement is our training. I think we do really well as law enforcement, as a community overall, um, I, we're getting shredded in the media right now, um, of course, but, um, one of the things that we do well is we are actually rather, uh, they, they have our, or they have our reins pretty well. Now, if you take into consideration that we interact with almost a hundred million people in the united states every single year and less than a sh- less than a thousand are shot and killed that's pretty damn good and but we struggle and i have i have so many theories that i could throw at you guys right now so many ideas to help fix law enforcement and fix the judicial system because we do have our share of issues but one area that i'm to target with that is training and we're only as good as our training but our training is only as good as what your mayors and your board of aldermen and your council members will give us, um, you know, typically law enforcement departments are put on the back burner in terms of anything else. And that's one aspect we need to get over with, with that. But on the other hand, I want to, uh, that's why I'm doing this. I'll, I'll probably do this for another five years or so. And that's actually boots on the ground. Someone come to me and say, Hey, this guy's an expert in the field. He actually goes out. and does There's very few doctors out there that still go out, and get in the shit you know they, they still go out and they still hook and jab with the guys on the streets put criminals in prison but on the other hand i also want to start targeting uh, ptsd and law enforcement first responders but also begin conducting studies relevant to the entire community of veterans and first responders and really start uh, pinpointing the areas that need to be fixed um, i did my uh, applied doctoral project which is similar to a dissertation i conducted that over post-traumatic stress disorder, symptomology, and any correlation between years of service and symptom severity. And what I found is there's actually a bell curve with law enforcement. Um, How I conducted the study was uh, less than a year law enforcement uh, service. I've got guys with less than a year Then I got guys with two to five years experience, five to 10 years experience, and then 10 plus years experience. And what I found was obviously the guys with less than a year experience didn't really demonstrate that many symptoms. The guys between two and 10 years of experience demonstrated a ridiculous amount of symptoms. And then you had guys surprisingly, which surprised me. I wasn't expecting this guys with more than 10 years experience actually decreased in symptoms. And that could be for a couple different reasons is one. and, and The first one would be something that I'd really like to study a lot more is familiarization, becoming familiar with chaos and trauma. And at that point, it's going to affect you in a way that you're no longer empathetic or you no longer really show emotion to your family, which is probably why our divorce rates so high. And it could also be that uh, once you get past that 10 year, uh, 10 year mark of experience, you go into positions where you're not going to see as much trauma anymore. So. Uh, so many different avenues that I want to take as far as veterans and as far as uh, first responders to actually study because there's so many gaps in research and so many different areas. And I didn't see that until I started working on my doctorate degree, and it took me five years to get it. And once you start actually studying this and delving into this and researching, you start seeing there's how many gaps there are. So I'm going to be a little overwhelmed for the next few years uh, probably. So I'd, I'd say it's probably going to suck, but it's going to be all worth it in the end.
3: I absolutely love this. And I I mean, just to give you a little background, my first degree was in psychology and I walked away from it because it was when Andrea Yates drowned her five kids in the bathtub. And it's when David Koresh had his compound in Texas. I don't know what's wrong with those Texas people, but it's, (laughs) I am just like, I cannot, (laughs) I cannot, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I couldn't get that in my head. And I think I have an answer for you a little bit on, why that 10-year mark piece happens. And I think it's something even like, for example, a teacher experiences. And that is you get in there with a predisposition of the way things should be, the way that you were raised, the way that you were brought up, the way that you think it should be. And you end up being involved with that Sisyphus where you're, check that word out, folks. Yeah, I got that one. Where you're pushing that rock up the hill for so long to realize why am I fighting this battle in this particular area? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that are on our books as far as a political issue that I think just need to come off the books now. We don't need to fight these things anymore. They're mm-hmm. here. They're, we don't need to fight it. It's there. Let's, uh, let's deal with it and manage it. What's right for me isn't right for everyone else and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I learned that my nose and my toes is where it all stops. It doesn't matter. Um, How heart-wrenching, you've seen the news, how heart-wrenching is it when we've got our deployed here in Minnesota on the front lines of civil chaos, and it's socially appropriate just to get in their faces and yell at them. These are 17 to 22-year-old kids on the front lines with their home people doing that to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, how heart-wrenching it was for me to watch that. And that's not the way it should be. And we got to fix that piece or those pieces. Um, I, I love your approach to this. And, again, I like the boots on the ground. That's something we say all the time. Building relationships, being involved. Um batten them out of the weeds, and that, that's not a great way to say it, but uh we gotta figure out how to do that, and that trust piece is it. Um you know, we talked, had some pre-show conversations about some things that there's some mistrust pieces out there, even in our in our realms. But the reality is we you know we don't talk, we hear we hear negative stories about the VA. I, I tell you what, I hear positive stories about the VA too. So uh let's stop throwing the blanket out there and trying to say, we you know everyone falls under this because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep, we've got some people to try the best they can um, may not have the bandwidth, may not have the resources, but it doesn't mean that we can't take them underneath uh, the canopy of this whole thing. Um, recently we adopted the conversation about we're all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. And, uh, maybe if we work to get to there and where we can manage this thing, it'll be a little bit better. Um, I'm just reading notes and stuff as we go along here as well. And
0: I have another very, very important question for doc. Yeah. Um, so this is something that we, that we hear often. And in the military, it definitely happens. And I'm pretty sure it happens in law enforcement and firefighters. But if a, leo or firefighter is having problems how do they come forward to talk to someone without that getting sent to their chain of command and losing their jobs what do they so, do
4: so that m- most of your states have laws on the books that prevent any type of retaliation for coming forward um, in the event that you come forward and you say i want to kill myself at that point I mean, anybody is going to get anybody is going to get taken care of right there. You know, we have it happens with us and law enforcement in terms of citizens. At that point, we have to make an executive decision. We have to call an ambulance to get them on an ambulance, you know, but ninety nine point nine percent of law enforcement are not going to do that, even if they're thinking about it. But the fact that they're reaching out for help is why a lot of these legislators and that's why I got in contact with my state senator uh dr joey hensley i I actually reached out to him spoke with him went up to his office and spoke with him and uh the state of tennessee actually uh, it's up to i believe it's 10 free mental health treatments and the uh government has to pay for it and um it can be with a private provider it doesn't have to be with anybody that, that that they require you to go to and that for that very reason it it makes it opens up that avenue of trust where you can go in and talk to this doctor and as long as you don't make sideways statements about how you want to harm yourself and if you do you need to get help but at a minimum it opens the door for these law enforcement officers to go out there and get help or first not just law enforcement first responders to go out and get help without any fear of repercussion and a lot of your states have that some of your states may not i have to do a little bit more research on that but if they don't they need to adopt legislation like that because i mean any little bit helps uh We have, I believe it's over 100 law enforcement officers every year on average commit suicide. And uh, that's more than those that are killed in the line of duty. And that's unacceptable.
0: That's something that all of us need to look up and see what the regulation is in our own states and then reach out to our legislators. Is that basically what you're saying? Oh, yeah.
4: Reach out to legislators. uh, Push this issue to where you can have and it and if you really want to think about this we've we've kind of talked about this with dogs of war quite a bit um if you really take into consideration like as a law enforcement officer i i've worked a few uh i've seen a, a lot of death I've, I've worked suicides i've worked shootings i've worked um roadway fatalities i've worked quite a bit of that but one thing that we were actually talking about expanding into was trauma nursing I worked a uh, pretty bad crash one night, and I thought the guy was going to pass away. He miraculously made it because it was on a motorcycle, and um, how he made it, I don't know, but he did. But I had to go up to Vanderbilt to draw his blood because we knew he was intoxicated. And until you've walked into a trauma unit as busy as Vanderbilt, you don't realize what those nurses go through. And they're walking around as though nothing is taking place. They're so composed, they're so calm, and they're some of the best medical workers I've ever seen in my life. And um, that, seeing that type of stuff that they see, it is the aftermath that we deal with, where, where the first ones don't seem, but they're dealing with the aftermath, which is just as gruesome as what we saw whenever we got there. So um, it's very interesting on that aspect. And uh, we were actually looking to expand it into that.
3: I love that shout-out, and, and you're absolutely 100% accurate. The, our trauma care workers across the country uh, see more than what we could even begin to fathom, and uh, we thank you. We thank you. Um, I don't think anyone ever thought, and again, we, we battle this narrative every once in a while where people say, well, you knew what you're getting into. Um, no, sorry. somebody has got to do it. and not everyone's meant to do it and we're not Mm -hmm. asking you to do it we're the ones that it's but don't get upset at me when um i'm having a moment because i'm reflecting on the the child that sat in a car seat along the side of the road as we were working on their mother
4: Mm -hmm. that's
3: that stuff sucks and uh and i know you've seen it um I know others have seen it, and I thank you for your service, brother. I thank you for your mission. I thank you for your boots on the ground. Um, I thank you for your commitment. I mean, the, the list goes on, and none of it's BS. Look at that, Josh. I held back. I didn't even throw it out there. As emotional as I am right now. Um, but we have to. We have to take care of ourselves. Um, I, You know, there's that piece about, and I get it, being a, I, I've worked in the world of the Leo I've worked in the world of a first responder I've worked in the world of as a, a military personnel and and I get the mindset I get the understanding no one ever wants to look weak and no one ever wants to make that phone call
0: yep
3: um, and that's why I think it's we will get there I, I don't think we have the the blueprint fully set yet but if have organizations that don't have to necessarily. I mean, there comes a time and place. I mean, if you're suicidal and you you are showing a pattern that I mean, we can all recognize that. We know what our brothers and sisters are doing. We and again, I'm telling you right now, everyone on the platform, everyone, do your buddy checks, check your friends and family, make sure, um, just be that person, be that beacon. Um, I I just rambled there for a second, Uh, but the bottom line is we need to provide a resource that is accountable, but at the same time, realistic, understanding, and is knowledgeable in the areas and spaces where these people have been before. And you know what? The only ones that can do that are the people that have been there before. So um, that's why the people on the screen are important. That's why the people on the screen can help you. So make sure. Uh, if anyone in our listening world right now is hearing this, make sure that you are reaching out. Uh, we've got three, four amazing organizations right here. And uh, and not to exclude Chad, but Shad is, uh, we've been in the middle of a show before where someone reached out and said, we got we got someone on the ledge right now. And Chad went and took care of business while we were there. I'm not saying that to brag about Shad, I'm saying that the we're capable. We're capable I'm, of doing this. And, and even if
0: he comes running in late, and that's that's why. Right. He's an awesome dude.
5: Yeah. And <laughs> even if I don't have the resource, or Dr. Davis doesn't have the resource, or you guys don't have the resource, gotta we know each other within our network that we can reach out and help.
4: But
5: we got to know about it. It's true. We want to be that beacon,
3: brothers and sisters. If you're listening and you have in that moment, reach out. Um, I mean, we've got within a state's reach right here now. That I think about, we've got you know a solid twenty states covered within the the five of us here. Um, Reach out. Um uh, nothing to be ashamed about, nothing to be scared or worried about. Um, at the end of the day, your job is to put a roof over your head, put food in your belly, and be safe. And uh, if we can help you with that process, that's why we're here. So um, somber, somber conversation. Um, we've got uh, Dr. Davis's uh, website up there. Reach out to Dr. Davis if you need in Tennessee area. Um, we always have forgotten 22 stuff and um, don't say anything. I'm just having a moment project die hard. Stuff. <laughs> I can't think on the fly very often. I didn't tell you. Holy cow. But uh, um, if you are concerned for yourself, let us know if you're concerned for a friend, let us know. I have zero problems calling up or reaching out on facebook in fact there's some people uh involved in our organization because i won't let them do the stinking thinking and i've just straight up reached out to them hey you okay brother a lot of times that's all they need so um we're at our seven o'clock hour or 1900 hours we are going to end the show with uh uh, an awesome song by an awesome young lady who um, it has nothing to do with what we are talking about, but it has to talk about the, the, the troubled pieces of sometimes our veterans and first responders get into and our common folk where we put or pile so much expectation onto us during this time of year. And, uh, the name of her song is, I don't need a lot for Christmas. Um, I want to remind you, if you're interested in being part of the post show, uh, reach out to us. We're going to sit here and dialogue for as long as people need the dialogue. And uh, continue to create bridges and opportunities to, to work together. Uh, we appreciate everyone that's joined us tonight. Thank you for reaching out to us. Thank you, Dr. Davis, for being here. Thank you Scotty and Brian. Chad's always here. I'm going to thank him and Chad. <laughs> busy, we got you brother. We understand it. Our foxhole Josh Hunt. Amazing. Um and we'll see you when the smoke clears. Picture Pride, Jen Ford don't need a lot for Christmas. Spend all of our savings on the Maxed
6: out all the credit cards on gifts for the kids Use the same old decorations for the last eight years Now you're stressing by getting something for me Don't need a lot for Christmas, just give me you all your money on high price gifts. When a box on wide